we just open up in prayer, please? Just acknowledge the Lord. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you thanks. We give you praise for your grace, your mercy, your love, your truth given to us by your spirit through the enlightenment of your word and knowing and understanding your will. Oh, we thank you for the flow of revelation in teaching and in building your people. Because your word says that the word of God is able to build us up and graft us an inheritance among those who are sanctified. So give us the material with which to build our lives from these teachings these revelations of the Spirit of God enlighten us, illuminate us, and change the cause of our lives. For by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And so we submit ourselves to your Word this evening, to its power, to its way that our lives may be framed by that very word. Oh, tonight, let the scales fall from the eyes and let fresh understanding blast out all strongholds of limiting beliefs and let us see anew with new eyes. Yes, washed by the Spirit. Jesus, you said that we may buy gold from you that we may be rich. For that is your will. That is your purpose. That is your plan for your people. And I pray that the anointing of God's Spirit may minister to each individual under the sound of my voice and under this ministry of God. We give you praise, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good evening. I trust that you are well and that the Spirit of God is blessing you. Just excuse me for a moment. Is blessing you with his word. We began discussing last night on the purpose, the dream behind wealth and why God wants us to be wealthy. And I believe with all my heart that it is God's will for each of his children to leave 
and experience the wealth provided by God. Our Father, our Creator, is an abundant God. In other words, His nature is abundant. And that speaks to His wealth, that speaks to His glory, that speaks to His power, that speaks to His honor. And the Bible tells us in in fact, let's just read it. In Psalm chapter 8. In describing the sovereignty of God in His creative work and His deployment of his power toward man. In verse 1 he says, O Lord, our, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man? He's comparing and making a comparison between the man whom God had created and bestowed so much glory, so much honor among the creation of God and that creation, that awe-striking creation of God. And he said, in, in light of this, in comparison to this, what is man? What is man that thou art so mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You know, the, the, the Hebrew word there is the same word that is used for God in Genesis chapter 1 when the Bible says, in the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. And the scriptures, and I don't know why the translators didn't see to include that because it should have read, for you have made him a little lower than Elohim. You have made him a little lower than God. So man was made just a little lower, not lower, but just a little. He shows us the measure of that littleness. He says, just a little lower than God. That means in the celestial order of creation and God's creatures, God is first and then man. That means according to God, man is the most important creation. Think about that for a moment. That out of the entire universe of God, we are 
God's important, most important creation. So much so that God made us in his own likeness. And then he says, for you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Man is crowned with glory and honor. We're looking at this from the, the, the pristine state of man. He crowned God, I mean, he crowned man with glory and honor. That means man has the honor of God upon himself. He has the glory of God upon himself. And then he says, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. This is the most prevailing characteristic about man and the reason for his creation. He says, you have made him to have dominion. You have made him. So man and dominion go hand in hand. That we cannot separate man from the necessity of dominion. Because he was created for that purpose. The nature of man is to have dominion. Please move away there. So dominion is essential for man's survival is essential for man's life on earth. So a man who cannot dominate, who does not have dominion over his environment is a man living against his design. Because God created man with the intentions of dominion. So the ultimate quest of man in the earth is dominion. If you're living and you're not seeking dominion over your environment, over the elements, over your own life, if you're not seeking control and rulership over your own life, you're basically a failure. And you're living below the purpose of your existence. Because before anything else, man was created for dominion. Man was created for controlling the environment. That means a man is not truly free until he controls something in this life. Until he has dominion over the work of God's hands. 
And there is a direct relationship between control and wealth. The two work hand in hand. If you don't have anything you control, you cannot have wealth. Because wealth is a system of dominion. So God said he has made man to have dominion. So if man does not have dominion, he really cannot be classified as man in his rightful sense because man in his rightful place is a dominator, is a ruler, is a king. So the man who does not have an environment to control, to rule over, is a slave of life. So to, 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 to fully grasp and lay a hold of the potentials, the freedoms, the excess that comes with wealth, you must begin a quest for dominion. You must begin a quest for dominion. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying begin a quest to control or to uh, oppress man. Uh -uh. I'm talking about the quest to control and rule over your life. Rule over the elements. Because unless you do, you can never have access. You can never have dominion. You can never have wealth. You can never have freedom. Because freedom comes from dominion. Remember the Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender. That means the one who controls the money dictates, has access and control. Look at the world. The world is built upon the hierarchy and the structure of dominion. Nations who can dominate over other nations rule. Companies who can dominate over other companies rule. They, they will get and enjoy a larger market share. They will have a larger market percentage in whatever market they are playing in. But even, even, even if you wanted to get into a market, you still need something you control to give you access into a market. For instance, if you want to have access to the market percentage in the cell phone or smartphone market, you've got to have a phone with you. You've got to control the means to pro of production. You've got to control a product that can then participate for and compete 
for market share. But if you don't have it, you can't, you can't have access. If you don't have it, you can't get in. So in reality, the first basis or the first place for wealth creation is control. Is control. Because you can't own what you don't control. A king is a king because he has a domain. Is a king because he has a territory over which he can exercise his authority. He is no king who has no domain. Because a king must have a kingdom. And that's what it called the king's domain. So if you are if you are to be a king in your life, you must have territory, you must have domain, you must have property which you exercise control over. And that is one of the reasons why God created the family structure, is to give man a sense of structure in dominion and in authority. The last thing Jesus said before he left this earth, he said, all authority, all authority. He didn't say all love. He didn't say all faith. Because what it takes to rule, to govern, and to bring everything in this world under his subjection is authority. Even though God is love, he must have authority to bring all things under his subjugation. Because creation responds to authority. It responds to dominion. That's why every democratic system at its core will fail. Because a system that adheres to the, 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 the opinions, the desires of the populace cannot survive. It cannot survive. Because remember, the vast majority of the populace are the poor. So it is if, if, if a country, if a nation is run by the will of the people, the vast majority of the people in any country are poor, are marginalized. They are the needy ones. They are the uneducated ones. Because only a small portion of the population has access to, to the systems and resources within that country. That's why in reality, capitalism is more powerful than democracy. Why? Because he who controls territory has access and ownership and has influence over system, over people. Because if you don't control resources, you are at the mercy of the one who controls them. And that's why poverty is a very dangerous thing because poverty, while it includes the absence of resources, it also 
refers to the impoverishment of the mind. An unresourced mind cannot rule, cannot have dominion. So you find that the one with the resources controls one who do not have. And that's why governments are at the mercy of corporations. Politicians are at the mercy of, of, of corporations. Because the hidden hand behind political structures are actually corporations. Are actually those with dominion. Because true power is where wealth is. Where wealth is, is where true power is. So we can say that wealth is the signature, is the signet of power, is the signet of dominion. So if you have nothing that you control, it will reflect by your lack of wealth. Remember, God doesn't give you wealth. He gives you the ability. He gives you the capability to make wealth. So making wealth is your responsibility. It is not the responsibility of God. That means you can pray until you turn blue. But until you receive the ability to make wealth, you're going to continue to be a slave to this world. For you have made him to have dominion. You have made him to have dominion. That means every man must have dominion. Every man must have dominion. Dominion is the character of a true man. The Bible says he that cannot control, cannot rule his own house is worse than an infidel. And he says, if you can't rule your own house, how do you suppose to function in the house of God? That means rulership is a reflection of responsibility. That God can only give you more if you learn to rule well. That means whatever is in your hands is under your control and is that which must you must rule and it must not rule you. But how many of us can truly say that we are in control of our lives? How many of us can say that we control our time? How many of us can say that our families are under our rule? That you have your family together? How many of us in this world can say that? Because God, God is watching you. He's watching you. If you cannot control your environment, you cannot handle wealth. God can't give you wealth. Wealth is for the dominator. Yes. Look at all the rulers of this world. Look at those that are pushing policies, pushing agendas all over the world. Are they, are, are they the poor ones? No. 
Look at George, George, George Soros. Look at the kind of campaigns he has funded. Even here in South Africa. Is he poor? No. I mean, the man made a billion in a day. Dominion. Stop saying, no, no, you know, I don't. Listen, you are born for dominion. You're born to rule. Yes, you're born to rule. Not rule other men, but you are born to rule. You are born to have a domain over which you must exercise control as your duty of responsibility to God. Ah, let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Verse number 26. You all know this. Then God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. And listen, listen to the first thing God said. Let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. The first thing God gave man was dominion. That means... You, you truly reflect and represent God when you exercise dominion. No weak man represents God in their weakness. That means this, this, this title, this nature called God is expressed through dominion. Look at what the Bible says about Satan. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed, who are oppressed by the devil. Who is the devil? The Bible calls him the prince. Jesus calls him the prince of this world. Paul calls him the God of this age. That is the devil. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, the Bible says, uh, in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 the Bible says that Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death so he exercised his dominion through death by subverting man to fear of death it is almost as saying that death fell upon man because they feared it What you don't fear ceases to have power over you. What you stop fearing loses its power over you. And that is, that is, that is dominion. That is the sign of dominion. 
The spirit, no man with the spirit of dominion has fear. Remember the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And this is the first spirit that rested upon Jesus. And it was called the spirit of the Lord. The, the, the Hebrew word there refers to the spirit of dominion. It is that spirit that caused Moses to stand before Pharaoh without fear. Fear of death. Without fear. To tell him, let my people go. And it was that spirit that did not permit Pharaoh to conjure the words kill him. It's a spirit of dominion. The spirit of the Lord. That makes you fear or face life fearlessly. Give you boldness. The boldness of a lion. Give you the audacity to tear bones to grow. The audacity to tell a dead man to come alive is a spirit of dominion. And really, that is what the gift of faith gives a man. It gives him, it gives him dominion. Dominion over the elements. And the Bible says that God said the man who was made in his image, in his likeness, to have dominion. Let him have dominion. It was not a suggestion. That means dominion was inbuilt inside man. It was, it was coded into his DNA. To have and exercise dominion was coded into who you are. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds. Do you see that? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. So he said, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He created them. For what purpose? To have dominion. So man was created by God to have dominion.